The very first Starcade was in 1983. My word. You know, I know that the uh, wrestling business has been around for a while and there's been different platforms that have uh, had the show. For a number of years, a lot of superstars have graced that stage. And it's uh, very cool to see WWE uh, keeping that memory alive now, you know, jumping on the momentum and just using the live show platform to, you know, give us and the WWE universe not only that old school intimate experience of, you know, a darker room with, you know, just just, I mean, there was a large amount of people there when they lit the room up, but it felt like a house show experience for those that don't necessarily go to the live shows, you know, along with the prestige of a show that's been running since 1983, revamped, rejuvenated, and uh, well done. So, this is uh, Blake, this is the... Review and recap of WWE Starcade that took place on Saturday and aired Sunday on the WWE Network. You can go and watch it now on demand. I believe it's still in the featured, so head over and do that if you haven't yet. So the show opens up with Elias. He even he brings out Ric Flair, which was you know awesome to see because Ric Flair is like a mainstay in the Starcade. Uh, the show in itself, he's been around, he was in the very first, he's played a huge role just as far as just being a part of it, and it was awesome to see him, he had an awesome looking blue suit on, he uh, gave Elias a fairly good rub in my opinion, you know, they were, uh, you know, it's always good to see Elias as a face, the crowd has always been behind him, I've always been with him since he was the drifter over in NXT, I like his uh, elbow drop. He gets a great amount of height on it. And then, you know, he has such a strong build and upper body that, you know, coming down, it really is shades of the Macho Man Randy Savage. But either way, uh, you know, he, he does his, his stick. And right before he's going to uh, give the crowd at Starcade, uh, you know, a little bit more, he's interrupted by Nia Jax, Tamina, Mickey James and Alicia Fox. What? They come out and you know, I mean, it's Elias we're talking about, so they want to walk with Elias and you know, sing along. So, whatever, he's singing his song and <laughs> whilst he's singing his song, it was hilarious to see uh, Ric Flair attempt to sing along. I think that was one of the best parts. When I sing along, but he's trying to clap along and <laughs> it was just funny to see uh, Foxy trying to dance along. Tamina was so mean. She just didn't even want to be a part of it. But you could see that her mean character is uh, it's just a part of it, you know. it's uh, it's She was definitely, well, she seems like she's definitely cool with, you know, being played with and, you know, joked around with. But her demeanor dictates that she is still mean so it's like I'm not singing along but either way 
before Elias got to his punchline in the song, in comes the face breaker to scream the words. What? <laughs> I thought it was funny, but it was, uh, of course, very entertaining. And, you know, this kind of forced Elias to stop and uh, bring out Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ember Moon, and Dana Brooke. I like all four of them. I personally like all eight women, but it's good to see all of them have uh, something to do. Some people have been complaining about uh, the amount of time Ember's gotten on television or pay-per-view. As of recent, especially back in Evolution when they were all pulling for her to win the Women's Battle Royal. But it's it's alright because in my opinion, you know, you, you know, you look up the Law of Diminishing Returns and even beyond that, you know, Ember Moon has been a superstar that hasn't necessarily been super highlighted. But at the same exact time, the fans have never forgotten her. I personally am one for the underdog, so... Looking at characters like Dana Brooke uh, and how she's coming up and she tried to branch off from Titus Worldwide as the statistician, but her being featured a little bit more on television in a uh, uh, superstar's role, you know, in ring, she's, uh, you know, coming along very well. And I know that this was potentially a test to see how far she's come. She is a gymnast. She is an athlete, so let's not take anything away from her or the other seven women that were in the match uh, going at it. Man, by the end of the match, because I would much rather you go and watch it uh, on demand, stream it right now on the WWE Network. I'm not going to give you guys too many details, but the ending sequence turned into a all-out melee, giant crow's body from the top, Finishing maneuvers. We did see an awesome uh, eclipse from the top rope on Tanaya Jax. But all in all, uh, it was Foxy that tried to go for a pin on Sasha Banks. And Sasha Banks was able to quickly reverse that into a bank statement, which got Foxy to tap out. There you go. The good, the good team wins, and it was a very cool segment. I enjoyed it to open the show. And... We are told next that we have our Intercontinental Championship bout between, uh, pardon me, not Intercontinental, please excuse me, our United States Championship bout between Rey Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura right after we have a Miz TV segment with them both. So, moving on into Miz TV, uh, you know, we got the Miz in the ring, which is always awesome. They're saying that they're quote-unquote testing Miz out to be a face. You could hear the crowd super behind him now. I remember when uh, the Miz TV crowd rumblings were fairly low. And now you got entire stadiums chanting it. So that speaks to just how far Miz has come as a WWE superstar. And I'm very proud of him personally. He brings out Rey Mysterio, he brings out our United States champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, and they have a spiel. Now, it was a slight test with Miz being a face, but 
all in all, Miz is still clearly a, hit, a heel. He insulted Ray. It was a little bit disrespectful. It was still kind of funny, but you know, you know, you get knock America, <laughs> you know, and his accent. Although, you know, I want him to, and I actually, I'll just say it like this: I know that he's been more so working on his English. He was a lot more clear, in my opinion. But at the same time, because you know Kyoto, Japan is where he's from, I can appreciate his, uh, you know, his accent because it's it's a little different. It might not translate due to some of the fans, but all in all, I think it is a it's a nice culture shock uh, for most people to see that. Somebody like him can hold the United States Championship for over 100 days. And let's get this very clear. In storyline, it's not about them not having anything to do for him. It's about the amount of competition. And clearly, there's not much competition for Shinsuke Nakamura right now. In time, we will find somebody that can take him on or is worthy of his skill level, but Let's not try to diminish the value of him or the United States Championship. I think that Shinsuke is doing a great job as champion. Anytime he's on television, he looks completely vicious, just like his wording was. Wait, small uh, side note. I personally would like to see Shinsuke and even Asuka just throw in some more hints of their language, you know. Speak the English, speak it well. But at the same time, when it comes time to turn up, like I think maybe they could say the English part first, but then say the Japanese part last very aggressively. Now, this is not up to me. Any off chance that WWE ever gets to hear this, uh, hey guys, I would like to see, like I've noticed that they say something in Japanese and then they translate it due to English. I would rather see it in the opposite direction, only to add to the mystique that is that you know is the superstars, you know, or that is the United States champion and the Empress of Tomorrow. But again, it's very off chance that these guys hear this, so it doesn't uh, really matter what I think or what I want in this situation. It's cool. It's all good. But back to Miss TV segment, we had uh, Shinsuke saying that he enjoyed Randy going all evil on Ray. Miz laughed at it. This all turns into a United States Championship match. It was beyond great to see uh, the both of them go at it again. You can see the King of Strong style taking advantage of Rey Mysterio's uh, injured neck from last week on SmackDown Live. In the main event where Randy Orton uh, had, a, it was just an all-out assault. You know, I don't really want to get into it. I would much rather you, uh, well, if you can go back and watch it, do it. But Randy put the chair on his neck and slammed it into the ring post. The LED one, it was really bad. He ripped his mask off. Luckily, Ray had, well, Ray has a million of them, so, you know, it was cool. I think that was what the insult that Miz had. I'm glad to see that you have a mask on because... You look better with it on, uh, whatever. Either way, 
Shinsuke was delivering crazy knees into uh, Ray's neck. It was a lot of uh, working over that injury. And eventually, Miz interrupted, hence a disqualification. I don't know why he would interrupt. Oh, actually, I do. He wanted Shinsuke to keep the championship and make sure Ray didn't get it. And then they uh, eventually began. I think they were ready to beat up on Ray. And out comes the super athlete, Rusev, with the best, with number one, Lana. And she asked the crowd, because crowd interaction is very key. That's when I noticed that it was a lot more people than just what the lights had shown us. But she asked if we wanted to see an impromptu tag match between the super athlete Rusev and Rey Mysterio taking on the United States champion Shinsuke Nakamura and, excuse me, the Miz. The crowd was completely into it. They wanted to see it, and that was exactly what we got. Get this! On Rusev Day. So they have a cool little tag team match, you know, and, you know, everybody was able to get a lot of their moves off. Ray seemed a lot more crisp. You know, you can see that he's getting more warmed up. We haven't seen Rusev in a while, so it was always good to see him. The ending sequence, we had uh, Shinsuke and The Miz on opposite sides of the ropes uh, receive a 619 from Ray and it was very cool but Ray wasn't the legal man we saw Rusev deliver a machka kick to the Miz after the fact and pick up the uh, the pinfall which leaves Ray Mysterio and um, excuse me Ray Mysterio and Rusev as the winners of the match very very cool moment you can see Ray jump into Rusev's arms you know this is you know, small things that actually build character. I think that these two might be able to have uh, something special <laughs> in time. Who knows? But I like how, uh, you know, they were able to pick up that victory. And everyone, in my opinion, still looked strong at the end of the match. You know, it's, you know, just the way I see it. But moving forward into the night's main event, we had... The Samoan Destroyer, uh, Samoa Joe, taking on the former WWE World Heavyweight Champion in AJ Styles in a steel cage. Now, we can cut to the backstage promo that Joe cut sometime before the show where he spoke on how... uh, you know, the definition of insanity is, uh, of course, you know, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. But beyond that, he had a cool little spin on it and saying that this definition of insanity as far as WWE star K goes is stepping into a cage with him, the Samoan Destroyer, and expecting to walk out. He claimed that he's always taken a small piece of AJ with him. And the only clout that I can personally give that is, you know, you step into a a ring and, well, excuse me, you step into a steel cage. And, of course, you definitely leave a piece of yourself in there. It's any one of these uh, matches with a crazy stipulation. You know, we have TLC coming up on the WWE Network in about three weeks. 
we have, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell matches, we have ladder matches, we got steel cage matches, and it's, uh, you're definitely something where the superstar walks out like, oh, okay, let's make an example. Hell in a Cell with Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, where they colored the cell blood red. Uh, Randy got a cut on his thigh that uh, I would almost say was there for a couple of weeks. We didn't see Jeff Hardy on TV for some weeks also. You leave a piece of you inside of the cell or the structure. This time around, it was a steel cage where one could escape over the top and win the match if they can get both feet on the ground. This time around, with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe inside of the steel cage, we saw AJ trying to get the pin for or submission in the ring. He didn't necessarily try to escape uh, too many times, I don't think, but he wanted to do it at, you know, the Georgia Pitbull that he is. He wanted to prove that he was more man than Joe. I still stand on it. I didn't uh, necessarily enjoy, uh, you know, this is in storyline. I didn't enjoy how, you know, Joey tried to use AJ's family to get in his head. You know, ultimately, uh, activity and the results of the activity or karma caught up with Joey at, you know, uh, Super Showdown in Melbourne, Australia, where he tweaked his knee. Some would call it, you know, a gangster lean. Others would say Joe actually hurt his knee. And, you know, others would bring up the fact that he has been fairly injury prone because he's been doing this at such a high professional level for so long. But his knee uh, seems bothered. And it's very noticeable down to the fact I mean, down to the point where he actually had to submit at the end of the match. After a very grueling match where he almost arguably dominated the former WWE World Heavyweight Champion and AJ Styles. You know, he it was rubbing his, driving his face against the, the steel structure and throwing him into it, tossing him, catapulting him. He was definitely being the stronger competitor. But AJ Styles was able to outclass him, hook in the calf crusher. It was a moment toward the end where uh, AJ took a move, but he was wisely trying to roll toward the exit. He not only utilizing Joe's fatigue from the match, but using his brain to get away from him and get out of the ring. I know we said that AJ would have been willing to pin or submit him, but, you know, it is a steel structure, and the longer you stay in there, the more uh, the more pain you're definitely going to go through, or inevitably, you know. So, AJ attempting to get out of the ring was very wise. Joey chasing him down only showed that that was just a smart chess move from AJ playing possum. Because then he hooked him into the calf crusher. Joe, it was a couple of moments. Let's rewind. It was a moment where uh, AJ did a cool move. Go and watch the show streaming on demand right now in the feature section of the WWE Network. But before the ref counted even one, Joe had his foot on the ropes. That says something. We're not just going to say AJ was smart and Joey wasn't. Because in my opinion, Joey was just as intelligent up to the very end you know he had his foot on the ropes but as we know in a cage match you know the ropes do not matter you're not really gonna that's not gonna force a break 
So fast forward back to the end of the match now, or the ending sequence. Once AJ Styles hooked in the calf crusher, Joey was actually a, a strong enough to get to the ropes. That says some more about Joe. If it wasn't a steel structure, would he have been able to win that match? Guess what? We'll never know because even though he got to the ropes, it doesn't matter. And ultimately, he had to submit to the former world heavyweight champion, AJ Styles, which gave AJ the victory and ended the show with AJ on top of the cage, standing strong. Hands up. Thanks for watching. I personally thought that was a great main event. That was a cool way to end the show. I thought it was a fun little live show from start to finish. Again, it gave uh, me the experience of seeing what the live show energy is like. You know, uh, in parts unknown, only the people that were there know about it. It was, uh, well, maybe they spoke on where it was, but it doesn't matter right now. The only thing that matters is that Starcade 2018 is in the books, and we had a good time watching the show. I'm glad that I was able to uh, take part in just seeing more of this history being made by the WWE and seeing them pay respect and uh, homage to what has been since 1983. It really gives uh, credence to the then now forever uh, moniker that WWE has been, you know, putting themselves with or aligning themselves, aligning themselves with, pardon me. So, that was WWE Starcade 2018. This is Blake. Go get the Marine Six. Close quarters. Go get some bootios. And above anything, ensure that if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to the WWE Network because you're going to get TLC for free. And if you watch Monday Night Raw, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be some other things that you're going to have the opportunity to see. There are plenty of things on right now. You got WWE 365 with AJ Styles. You got the WWE Chronicle Dean Ambrose. You got Starcade. You got TLC coming up in three weeks. It's a million things that was well, a bunch of content. You know, I just personally watched uh, Ride Along, the Edge and Christian uh, show, the Toby Weeks of Awesomeness. I know I kind of butchered that name, but. That's on. Go and get the WWE Network so you can at least understand where I'm coming from that much more. And tell a friend to download the Anchor app so they can all favorite my stuff and listen to this so we can all uh, eventually begin a very cool dialogue about the World Wrestling Entertainment product, whether it be good or bad. But I'm going to definitely advocate for the good. With that all being said, again, this is Blake. Broadcasting from the shadows. I will holler at y'all next time. Thank you for listening.